From Boss Track, it's Her Hype Squad, a show about amazing women who've made incredible strides as leaders in their industry. They're here to support you and your leadership growth, to encourage you and hype you up as part of your Hype Squad. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Her Hype Squad with Boss Track. I'm your host, Michelle Harris. Today, we're talking to Emily Ahrens, a business alignment coach and intuitive energy healer. We talk about trusting your intuition to make decisions, knowing where to set boundaries to create the life you want, and making the space to listen to your inner self to understand what you need. I hope you have as much fun listening to this podcast as we had recording it. But before we get into our discussion, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Emily. Emily Ahrens is the most sought-after intuitive healer for female empire builders. She's best known for getting her clients out of overwhelm and burnout and unlocking the wisdom within to create alignment in their business. For over two decades, Emily has been practicing healing work directly with powerful visionaries and teaching them how to tap into their intuition to activate quantum growth in their business. Emily is the creator of the Angels in Your Biz Oracle Card Deck and Aligned and Unstoppable Personal Journal, and she's the host of the top podcast, Aligned and Unstoppable. In addition to her business, Emily, her husband, and two young boys live on a small backyard hobby farm with a puppy, baby goats, chickens, and ducks. She loves nature and exploring the outdoors and cooking fresh from the garden meals, And we'll hear a little bit about that when we talk. So without further delay, let's get into our discussion with Emily Ahrens. So hi, Emily. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you on our podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yeah. How how have you been? Um, How's your day going? My day is going really well. I actually, I took a four-day vacation with my family. So this is officially my first day back at work. So I feel uh, I feel very happy to be here, to be honest. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, well, we told our listeners a little bit about you in the introduction, but I'd love for you to kind of tell everybody what you do, who you are in your own words. Yeah, I, I love to introduce myself and I know it can uh, always give more color when the person who's the guest introduces themselves. So, um, so I've been doing energy healing um, for the last 23 years. Um, I have brought my broke healer business online in the last uh, six and shifted from that one-to-one uh, client to practitioner to serving um, sometimes thousands of people at once um, through meditation, through mindfulness practices, and through um, I have a meditation membership for entrepreneurs or people who have a career or want to have a career as an entrepreneur. Um, and what's interesting, maybe more relevant to your listeners in more of a corporate capacity is um, I had been doing healing work for such a long time. And that at a certain point, I got burnt out from hustling and working so hard. And I really shifted my healing practices into a part-time career so I could pursue more of a corporate traditional career. And in doing that, part of me, I felt was lost where I was 
happy to be bringing in a regular paycheck and happy to be climbing this corporate ladder and enjoying my coworkers. Um, I worked for a large corporate bank in um, on a tra- trading floor. So I went from, you know, this quiet massage office to then working on a trade floor with everybody has four computer screens and they're screaming and they're they're swearing and they need things now and they have, you know, a lot of resources at their disposal. So I'm I'm booking elaborate events and all it it was such a drastic shift. And even though I was good at what I did and they actually asked it they asked me if I want to take my series seven to become a trader too. They said, you're so great with people. You are so good at sales. You are so like such a great outgoing personality. Would you ever consider? Cause you'd be such an asset. And at that point I was an executive assistant and I said, absolutely not. I don't want, I don't want anything to do with that, but thank you so much for, for inviting me uh, to the table. And even in those positions where I love the safety, I love the security, there was something in my heart that was calling me back to shift into my healing modalities more full time. At that time, though, I didn't realize how I could make an impact the way I wanted to, because I only knew this one model of doing business. And so it really took finding different mentors um, to help me to see what was not directly in my eyes to see a broader picture of what was possible. Um, And now I'm really happy that I attract female CEOs, whether they're working in corporations, they work for themselves. And I help CEOs to clear their money blocks, to get back in touch with what's really true to themselves and that using that inner voice, their intuition to really grow their business, scale their business, and be able to have that life that they absolutely love. Um, And I really feel like I had to go through the shift from working in corporate settings to be able to understand that and to be able to help support people in that way. And I love what I do now. And it's such a gift to be able to um, create a beautiful source of revenue for myself and my team, my family, while working what most jobs would call part-time. You know, I don't usually work more than 25 hours a week. And like I just said, I just came back from a vacation. And, you know, um, I like to have that flexibility. And I love to be able to help other um, women to create that life that they love as well. Thank you. I love that. And thank you for that explanation. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know, like, when you're working with women in a corporate capacity, like what do, what do your conversations look like? What are, what are their concerns? What do they come to you with? And kind of what do you how how do you talk them through that? Uh well, it's it's different. So, for example, um one of my recent clients, I I don't take on a lot of one-on-one clients. Um I'm very selective of who I work with and I want to make sure that they're a great fit for me and that I can also get them where they need to go. Um, And so one of my recent clients, she was a corporate lawyer in um, um, immigration law. And so, you know, that's a really cut and dry, very serious career path. And she had a a team that she led. Um, So some of the concerns that she had was that she felt like she was going through the motions um, every single day that she I mean, and I think we can all kind of see ourselves in the story, which is you go to school, you work really hard. I mean, she obviously worked really hard to get a law degree, then to work in a corporate 
capacity and climb the ladder. And now she has her own corporation, um, multi-million dollar firm. Um, but that it was like, but what else? And how come I'm not having this work-life balance? And how come I'm working at these ungodly hours and not feeling fulfilled? Um, and she had, um, you know, these desires to get back in touch with herself, to understand what her wants, needs, and desires were, and to be able to tune into that inner voice instead of just doing what she was doing. And part of what we did together was disrupting that status quo, that status quo um, something that I saw repetitively with her. And maybe some of your listeners res- resonate with this too, is Mondays were were rough. Mondays were historically rough Af- month after month after month. It was like, okay, so what if we just introduced we don't work on Monday? How would that feel? And so offering that suggestion, because she had a loose calendar where she said people had the option to work Fridays if they wanted to. And I said, well, what about Monday? <laughs> because you don't have a problem on Friday. You're good to go on Fridays, but it's on Mondays that you seem to have this resistance. And when you're in this resistance pattern, let's look at what how that affects all of the people who are on your team, how they interact with you. Are you short or are you able to give them your attention? Are you like not wanting to dive into your email inbox and kind of hostile as you're opening and responding to emails? Or are you excited to dive? I mean, I'm, I know I can speak for myself. I'm, I'm excited and enthusiastic to dive back into my workday. And so, you know, introducing concepts of like, do you have to work hard to make this kind of money? Is there a way that you can create residual income or passive income streams in your business and not kill yourself for ridiculous hours every single week? And how can we build in the things that you do love to do? Because she had um, a couple dogs and loved to walk them, but sometimes she wouldn't get around to. It's like, okay, hold on. We have to reorganize how you start your day, how you how you start your week, and how you intentionally create this container for the most success to happen. And I know everybody has their own working style, their own habits, but if you're noticing that the mornings are a slog and you can't quite get yourself into a rhythm, no matter how much coffee you drink, it might be the routine that you are starting your day with. And so sometimes we, we, it's like, it's so, we're so close to it. It's so obvious to everyone else, but it's not obvious to us to say, well, maybe instead of setting the alarm to get up at this time, what if you did get up at this time that your body's naturally wanting to get up at, and you can start the day with something that actually excites you and delights you, whether it is um, a different style of coffee, or if it's a different type of morning practice, a movement practice, getting out at nature, there's so many things that we can introduce that we actually would love to do if we just had the time to do it. And so sometimes working with me, it's like, allowing yourself to have those wishes and desires and the permission to go ahead and implement them and then to see, okay, did this work? Did it feel good or not feel good? Um, Also with big decisions. So whether it is hiring or firing, um, making a big decision for the company that it might impact other people, um, we can find ourselves in a position where we get stuck in indecision. And so that's another place where CEOs really lean on me to, to make, to help them to come to that decision for themselves that I'm not, how about this? I think you should really go with B because this is the reason why logically speaking, 
here's the pros and cons. I'm not doing any of that. I'm helping them to learn techniques energetically to tell within their own body, their own system, their own intuition, what is the best case scenario for their highest and best good um, and will ultimately lead to this next goal. Um, we also work on things like finding where they're blocked financially. You know, you think a multi-million dollar firm with multiple team members, that's great. Well, that is great, except her energy was actually available for 10 times that. So we have to understand, well, what's actually blocking her from that? And I think this is a common thread with all my clients is, you know, well, can we actually have it all? Because there are some unconscious programs that are running that don't really believe that we can have it all. We can't, we can't have it all. We can't be fit and strong and feel great and have a great relationship and make lots of money and have great friends and family. That's, we can't, we can't do all of that. I mean, one or the other, right? You can either have your passion or you can make money. We're told these stories from such a long age, then we start to believe them on a subconscious level. So some of it is just rewiring and clearing some of the things that are unconscious under the surface um, or that have been passed down ancestrally through generations um, that we don't even realize that are there until we have somebody like me who pulls a magnifying glass out and says, what's going on there? Let's take a look at what's the root and we can get down to resolve that issue. I like that. And um, that is a big focus right now is work-life balance and can you really have work-life balance? And, you know, the conversation is more, don't look at it as balance, but look at it as work-life integration. Yeah. Um, and then I've seen quite a few articles about the having it all and what does that look like? And I think uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking you can have it all. It's just, you might not have it in to the degree like everything to the degree that you want, because you are human. And, mm -hmm. um, but, but there are definitely things you can maximize. I, I like that. Yeah, I believe that too. And I believe balance is, is not really, a, it's not a true thing that we can attain. Like it's total BS in my opinion, because, and then if you, if you even boil down balance, if you think of two scales that are trying to be balanced, if one is too heavy and one's too light, what do you have to do? You have to take something off of the heavy scale to make it even up the other one. So that's truly what we are doing when we talk about balance is not a hundred percent of everything, but it is truly finding what what's a priority. Mm -hmm. And I think that languaging around what we choose to do is a big deal. Um, again, that's another thing people hire me for is helping with boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, oftentimes we will say yes to something, uh, but everything in our body is screaming, no, I don't want to do that. It's a, we we're feeling like we're forced to, we have to do it. Um, and so creating the life that you love, I don't think is about balance, but it's tr truly about saying yes to things you truly mean yes about and saying no to things you mean no about. And in a corporate setting, I mean, I had a client reach out. She's like, I'm overwhelmed because uh, three people in my branch just quit and now I'm doing the job of all of them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's a choice, right? We still have to realize, even though you you think that you have to do this job of four people, do you really? Is it possible for you to 
invite in a conversation about that and, you know, create a boundary around that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am available to help out more than necessary to this degree. And this is what I am comfortable with. If you wish for me to do more, add more hours or whatever it is that you're asking for, it's going to have to look like this for it to work. And I think people, especially women, aren't as empowered in the workforce. They think that they just have to take what they get and that's that and just have to do the job too bad. We're in a, we're in a big line. Okay. Well, sometimes that can be true, but also sometimes you can look at it like, okay, well, what if I were completely empowered, living my best life, what would that look like? And, and I think that we, we can sometimes settle in these different areas in our life, in these different categories unconsciously like we're just settling because like that's just what we've been doing Um, and we need disruption to make a change and so if we're not consciously making the choice to create the life we desire we're unconsciously accepting things as status quo as they've been kind of dealt and that's something i work on is the more you actually tap into your true self your intuition you can start to say those yeses and those nos. You start to become 100% responsible for your life mm-hmm. and the thoughts and actions that you're taking. And you can start to see, wow, I am the co-creator of my life. And if there's something in my life that feels off, it's my job to make that change happen. Mm-hmm. And you can apply that to every area of yourself in your corporate career, in your relationships, in your body, uh, self-talk, your spiritual practices. If you look at all the different facets of your life and say, okay, well, and maybe I may not be a 10 right now on this one, but if I were to prioritize it, what would I need to shift so that I could get like maybe from a five to an eight? What would I need to shift? And so it's not about being a 10 in every category to create this perfect life balance Mm -hmm. Um, because life happens. And just, I think everybody's experience is just as things start to level off, something happens. And I know for me, I have two young kids. Uh, They're now almost four and seven. Mm -hmm. And I know, I remember back when they were infants and you just finally get on a schedule and then- something changes. They have a tooth coming in. They're going through a growth spurt or somebody gets sick. And it's like, you know, you, you, everything was perfectly balanced. And then you went and did that and you really can't control. So, you know, taking 100% responsibility for ourselves, it makes it so that we can control certain things. We can't control everything. Um, Can't control if your coworkers like you or your boss gives you that raise, but you can control what you can do to either get that way or to find some other way to create that life that you're desiring. And it's always this or something better. Um, One of my dear friends who happens to also be a lawyer works for this firm and she's a partner and um, it, she's one of few women who work at this firm and um, you know, she wants a different culture and it's, it's hard to be part of that culture. And it's like, okay, well you can stay there and not feel fulfilled in the way that you're looking for, or you can create it yourself, I suppose, mm-hmm. or you can find a company that's already totally in alignment with those values. Um, so again, it's like stepping up and taking responsibility impacts so many areas of our life. Yeah. I like um, what, what you said about sometimes you don't even realize that 
something is off and you need to create a boundary, is there a process that you recommend somebody go through to identify where they are maybe not happy and need to start setting boundaries? Um, I I guess I don't have a necessarily a formal process, but if I if it came down to and I had to think about it, which is, um, I I get quiet and I go inside. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's where misconceptions about intuition can kind of start too. We think, oh, I'm not into it. I'm not, I don't have any of that. We all do. We, right. Mm. We all know when we walk into a room and it feels great, we walk into it and it feels really weird or bad. So if there's a scenario where you're triggered, something's rubbed you the wrong way. Some of the things that I do would be to get quiet. My favorite place to get quiet is out in nature. So mm-hmm. I live in uh, the North Shore in Massachusetts near the New Hampshire border. There's lots of trees where I live, woods. There's also the ocean. So I have quite a few options. Um, and I also have a backyard farm. So I have oh. so many options at my disposal. But getting outside in nature is paramount to getting my thoughts to get clear out and to get focused. So um, I'll notice, I just get curious. So when you have a triggering thought, feeling emotion, something's coming up for you, clearly there's something up. I get quiet and I get curious. So if you get quiet and curious, get inquisitive, like, oh, I wonder where that came from. Huh? Where do I feel it in my body? Where you feel in your body is going to give you a lot of information. Um, and as somebody who's been doing energy work for a very long time, I can tell you where specific energy centers are and what those also mean. Um, you can also do a simple Google search to find that out as well. Um, but where in my body am I feeling it? And then if I imagine with my eyes closed, let's just say um, it's in my upper belly. That's called the solar plexus, right? The top of the gut. And these are oftentimes that is a place where you could um, feel um, distrust in other people, distrust in yourself, inability to make decisions, um, hemming and hawing about things. And noticing, let's just say it's, I'm, I want to say, for example, it's great to have a specific scenario to really dive in deeper. But just as an example, if you dive into the center of your belly and just get curious with that feeling or that thought that's coming up, When was the first time I ever felt this thought or this feeling? And oftentimes it's like, we'll kind of be like, I don't know, initially. And then it's like a little flash of a thought or an idea or a vision or a memory. And it's right back into younger, younger you at a certain stage in your life when something happened that also triggered that feeling and emotion. And so that's where we can get curious and go, oh, was there something that needed to happen in that scenario um, that I should have said, I wanted to say that I couldn't say then, but I could say now in this memory as I recreated in my thoughts. And sometimes just walking through that scenario, because we can be in like almost like a trauma loop um, mm-hmm. where we want that something to change and it doesn't change because it happened in the past. You can't change the past, but you keep thinking about it over and over. And, and um, what I should have said, what I should have done. Um, But we don't realize it because it's in our subconscious mind. And so if there's something here and now that is happening and you're triggered by that, it could have had to do with something from the past. And so when we get quiet, we get curious, ask the question, maybe trace it back. And now this is, you're you're probably hearing already is like, wow, 
this is probably going to take some time. It doesn't need to take more than 30 seconds, really. Mm. Um, and sometimes when I am out in a walk in nature and I'm getting curious with these questions, sometimes I'll actually physically stop moving and feel into my body. What is coming up for me? What do I need to feel right now? What do I need to process? Because sometimes all you need is 15 seconds to just feel in your body whatever is coming up so that it can like moosey on its own way and just be free. Because sometimes what we do is we just fill our day with busy, 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 busy. And so we can't actually feel anything. We're almost numb to any sensations that our body is literally like sending out all the red flags and signals and SOS and the the lights are beeping, the sirens are blaring and we're like, gotta go next, next, next meeting, next meeting. And we're so busy that we burn ourselves out and it's like we are numb to all the sensations in our body. And if we just stop for a minute and like breathe and listen, it's going to give us so much data and then we can go, all right, now I can process this and move on with my life. Um, but if we're too busy, we're not processing it and we're just putting all of the stuff right under the under the rug and eventually it will blow up whether it's an emotional blow up or, you know, something else that it's going to come out, it's going to come out one way or another. Um, and also when our body's under so much unrelenting stress, whether it be from our life, um, from the, the, the world, um, or from our career, this stress has to be dealt with. And so we have to have outlets to deal with the stress. Otherwise, that surmounting uh, pile that's been brushed under the rug is going to show up as a physical ailment. So we've all, you know, had colds, flus, things like that, that just show up um, and take us down, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have an important deadline to hit. We have an important something that's going on and we're trying to get through it, but our stress is so high that all of a sudden the day of the presentation, we lose our voice, right? And so if you don't listen to those little whispers and get quiet, your body will take you down one way or another to stop you from the busyness. And I know, I don't know if you're like I am, I don't have time to be, you know, incapacitated horizontal on a bed, just like taking a week off. I got too many things going on. I got my, my work. I've got my kids. I've got a backyard farm. I got, I got stuff I got to do. And so it's important that you also build that time in to your schedule. Mm -hmm. So that's another way that you can avoid the total burnout, avoid the disease, the sickness is if you actually make space for it. So it might be a yoga or Pilates class at a studio or at home, just watching a video. That's what I do. I don't, I don't go leave my house very much. I'm a homebody. Um, um, or it could be a walk in nature every single morning because it helps you to breathe and connect with yourself and to listen to your body. Um, it could be um, having a quiet cup of tea a half an hour before your normal wake up time, you know, carving out time for you to de-stress and intentionally be quiet and still is going to do so much good for your productivity, your focus, um, and your ability to be a great communicator with other people. Um, and generally speaking, you're going to have better energy to be around. So um, it's definitely worth your time and investment. And you know, you don't have to go on a retreat in Bali for two weeks to be able to attain that. It's something that's 
a, a it's I call it a new normal. So if it's not something you're normally used to doing, you can tap in and what's what's going to be the best for me. Um, cause I know what's best for me isn't necessarily going to be the formula that works for you. And that's perfectly okay. So when it comes from yourself, you can take those marching orders and go, okay, so how do I feel my best every single day? What does that look like? And I call that your higher self. Your higher self knows exactly what you need to do. So you can just listen. Okay. How would I start my day better to feel my best? And, um, for me, one of the messages that I got was, um, to start my day with some quiet activities. Like I said, I have two young boys and it's loud around here. <laughs> so um, so it is really important for my system uh, to have that quiet start to my day. Um, the next thing I learned from my higher self was to add more fat in my breakfast. So, right, it sounds kind of a strange thing to do, but you're, you're, body knows what it needs. Mm-hmm. And ever since I started adding a little avocado or olive oil in my morning, it was like my brain turned on and I could have um, more functioning thought processes early. And, and, and it actually helped me to sustain my energy levels throughout the day. Um, so we have so many messages that are coming in. We just have to get a little quiet to listen to them. Yeah, I, I love that. And you've been answering many of my questions as you go here. But I <laughs> oh, do <good. laughs> I do have a question. So one of the things that we do uh, talk about a lot with Boss Track is you have to make you have to schedule that time for yourself. So what well, one thing is you need to take regular breaks throughout the day just to reset yeah. your brain. But you also yeah. need to set like an hour, a half hour in the middle of the day, in the afternoon, in the morning, whenever it's best to take that time just to you know, for quiet time to think and to not have, you know, let that busy time take over. But I'm wondering, and or and even if it's in your office or if you're out in the woods taking that walk, it's I think it's really hard for most people, even though they're in that quiet time to really turn their minds off. Hmm. And this might get into a discussion about meditation. But um, how do you suggest that they stop their mind from racing? when they're taking those breaks? Uh, I used to ask myself that question all the time. And when I started meditating, I thought I was doing it wrong because I couldn't stop the And And so I realized after some years of practice that it's truly not the point. I don't need to turn off my brain. My brain is doing such a great job. Look at how smart it is. It's doing what it does. So what I would suggest is to no longer fight the thoughts. Mm -hmm. So when you're out in nature, when I'm out in nature, I'm on my walks, my brain is going a mile a minute. I'm thinking about the speaking opportunity that just came up. I'm thinking about the team member. I'm thinking about social media posts. I'm thinking about this audio book that I keep reading and not reading. And this podcast that I want to be a guest. I have a thousand thoughts. I also have an incredibly busy, active life. People constantly ask me, how do you do all the things that you do? So it's not that I have reached this place where I sit on a lotus flower and I can have utter silence in my thoughts. So I want to just like debunk that myth that we can silence our thoughts. But what I will also suggest is that we have also, we've all watched a movie that we were just completely immersed in and like time stood still. We didn't check our phone. We weren't, you know, having to get up and go do something. We were fully lost in that experience. And so 
everybody can achieve this. We just don't think of it in the same context because when we're watching a show or binge watching Netflix for four hours at night or whatever we're doing, we can totally get lost. And so it's, I would suggest like take it, take the silence in your brain off and do what feels right for you. So um, one of the ways that you can um, add meditation into your daily practice is one minute breathing. And the reason why I love one minute breathing is because everybody can do it and you can also do it from anywhere. So it would be something that you want to add in like a habit stack is what they're called. So you're going to wake up, right? Tomorrow, you're going to wake up in the morning. So before you open your eyes, you can either set a timer or just quietly breathe, breathing in and out, deepen the breath as you go. You can also invite in white healing light to just wash over your body to let go of any stress, worry, strain, things that are just not going to support you for your day and just let them out of your body and your energy field. And that alone, it's like, Bing, you are winning. From that moment on, you have set the container for your day to be better. Mm-hmm. You can also do that one minute breathing exercise while you are in the shower, on the toilet, cooking breakfast, dinner, um, taking a lunch break. Like you can build in a minute of just simple breathing anytime. And what happens naturally, which is why I love teaching meditation so much is naturally you're going to do that one minute and you'd be like, Ooh, I want to do two minutes. And the next thing you know, a week has gone by. Now you're meditating for five to 10 minutes every single day. And it feels so good. And you're opening up to like, wow, my body feels so good. Now I feel like I want to do something else. It's like, it just builds on itself. And it's almost like it encourages you to continue that momentum. We all know we should be meditating, but we should just do whatever feels right for us. And yeah. and and I think that the best thing that you can do is to go, okay, so today as I'm breathing, I have a thousand thoughts, but I'm still breathing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I'm I'm out for a walk and I should be enjoying this beautiful nature walk but I can't stop thinking about this upcoming client call that I've gotten it's I'm freaking out right so you can use these walks and these moments intentionally to say listen I'm feeling a lot of stress can I be rerouted to love instead please allow me to feel love instead allow me to have some space in my day allow me to drop this tension open me up for the next level and so simple intentions can really help to make these shifts it's like you don't have to carve out so much time it can be minutes a day or even just a thought because i know for me um i have sort of a ritual now if you're working in a corporate office you were not going to be able to light sage or spray stuff in the air and get all woo woo and crazy. So I get that. So what you can do is be right when you sit down, just taking a deep breath before you open up your laptop or before you log into your computer and just take a deep breath to hold that space for yourself that today is going to be highly productive. You're going to feel in your body. You're going to feel balanced and it's going to feel like the best day ever. You're going to make great connections. The call you have coming up is going to go great. The meeting is going to be spectacular. But 30 seconds later, you open up your stuff and you get to work. You know, it's like it doesn't have to take forever, but just a simple focus of your thoughts is going to rearrange how your day is going to look for you. 
Love that. Now I have so many questions, but one is, can I just go backwards a little bit? I know you talked to about working with clients about making a decision. Mm. And I was wondering if you could walk us through an example of a time, like what, how do you talk somebody through what decision to make? You don't tell them what to decide, but you know, there's a guide, a guide there. Like what, how does that, what does that look like? Okay. Well, I, I actually had to make a decision today. <laughs> that was a hard decision. I'll walk you through my process. Um, because our our knee-jerk reaction to make any decision is to go outside of us. You know, let me ask this person and this person and this person. Da, 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 da. And you've told the story 15 times. And then 15 people have given you their responses and their how they would react. But that's also based on the way that they have filtered the world and their own personal life experiences. Um, You know, oftentimes we're going to seek out the opinions of others who might align with the way we're actually thinking. So it kind of, you know, confirms what you're thinking too. And this is not to say don't talk to your friends and your mentors or whatever. Um, However, at the end of the day, you're the one who makes the final call, even if 20 people have given you their opinion. Now, if you're the type of person that you have a tendency and a habit to ask 20 people, and then it then is like 20 people's voices inside of your head on top of your own spinning wheels, I would suggest you stop doing that right away because it overwhelms you. And when you're in a state of overwhelm, your stress is so heightened, you actually can't, it's again, like we're being cut off from our body and our we're stuck in our head. And so one of the best things that you can do to make a hard decision easier is to drop below the shoulders. (laughs) So um, your heart is a wonderful place to start. Even just taking a few breaths with your hand, covering your heart and closing your eyes and asking your heart what is in your highest and best um, interest, your highest and best timeline, um, what would be the most beneficial with harm to none, you know, you can, you can phrase it however makes sense for you. I I talk kind of weird, you know, so um, there could be a better way that you say for yourself, but what would be in my highest and best interest is a perfect way to make a decision. Mm-hmm. You can also, I mean, there's a multitude of ways you can do muscle testing, which I've also done. Um, so there's a lot of history and science behind muscle testing. I really don't have time to get into on this podcast. Um, But simply put, and actually my lawyer client, she used to do muscle testing all the time. So um, even if you're standing straight, you stand up and you can ask your body, what is a yes? Okay. What is a no? Your body will naturally lean one way or the other. I know it's like, it's the, it's the craziest. It's the craziest. (laughs) Our body is just so fascinating. So Mm -hmm. your body's going to lean one way or another. Um, Another tool that I use is a pendulum, um, but I don't tend to use pendulum all the time. And this is a little bit woo woo for most people to just pull out like a little hangy thing out at the office. So you can, you can test your body leaning forward and back. Um, The thing that I like to do is get them into their body. And that's what I do for myself as well. Get into your body. What does a yes feel like? What does a no feel like? I mean, we have to make it that, you know, yet black and white, yes or no. Um, Find out what a yes or a no feels like in your body is the first place to start. And if I made uh, decision A, how does that feel? Mm -hmm. Feel into your body. 
again, we're going to be like, bah, 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 bah. our head is going to yeah. go crazy, which is fine, but drop down, drop into the body. Notice where in your body does it feel tight? Where in your body does it feel open? Um, when you look at option A, does your chest feel like tight and constricted and your belly's in knots? When you look at option B, does it feel like butterflies and you just reached the pinnacle of a mountain and you have fresh air and you feel expansive and like somebody is just giving you the massage of your life, right? Like <laughs> notice how your body reacts and responds because really that's where decisions can be made from. And when you make decisions based on that, you're going to be in alignment. Your body you can't BS your body. And I think a lot of times the reason why we stay in indecision, it benefits us. Some We're getting some benefit, whether we think we are or not. Maybe it's more time um, that we are in indecision in limbo and it, it allows us to like spend more time doing something that we only really needed 30 seconds to do. Um, if we're in indecision, we can't move forward. And so sometimes let's say it's leaving the corporate career to go work at a different company or changing like a lateral move that might logically not make sense, but like something in your body's like, do it, do it, right? We, we like logically we're trying to make decisions, but it's our body that's going to say what to do. Um, and some people, their technique is just to like wait it out as long as humanly possible so that the, the decision is made for them. Mm -hmm. And and it's not super empowering. So if we're embodying our embody, embodying our highest three tries, um, our highest self and our best possible life, if we're embodying that, then we can go, how does option A feel? Okay. How does option B feel? Okay. There could be pros and cons, but at the end of the day, there's going to be a body sensation. Um, so if that's still kind of hard and still too like esoteric and elusive for people, or you're really disconnected from your body and you're like, I don't know, I guess it all feels the same to me. And that's just too many things to feel it. Um, I like to use um, Oracle cards or even a coin. Like everyone's got a quarter of some kind or whatever, you know, money you have in your house, you can flip a coin. Heads, it's this. Tails, it's that. Your body will respond to that. Even if I said, okay, Michelle, tonight for dinner, do you want Chinese food or Italian food? Heads, it's Chinese. Tails, it's Italian. And it gets to tails, Italian, and your body goes, oh, mm -hmm. I really want a Chinese food, right? Like, okay, yeah. there's <laughs> that's it, right? <laughs> like, we can make it so easy for ourselves. But we are choosing and and truly, if you find yourself in indecision a lot, it's just a habit. It's mm -hmm. just a habit. So what if I knew? Because we go into I don't know, and I don't know shuts off the part of br the brain that's open to a solution. So the solution's mm -hmm. never going to come if you're in I don't know. It's like close for business, the signs flipped, not available. So what if I did know? That's another way I can ask. If I'm at, if I'm saying, I don't know, I don't know what I should do. Well, what if I did know? Mm -hmm. What if you knew? So, and getting to that answer, because sometimes I don't know, you'll sit and go, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Take a breath. What if you did know? And giving yourself the space to answer that is sometimes all you need to do. So those are a right. few different ways. Um, 
you know, listening to your body, listening to what's in your heart. You could flip a coin, you could pull a card, you could muscle test yourself. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different ways that you can get into the right answer. Oh, that's what I was going to say. That's another thing that holds people back is they're afraid of making the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if I was like, Hey, Michelle, why don't you come over after this podcast? Here's my address. The next thing you're going to do is probably pop it in your GPS. You're going to find your way to my house because the GPS is telling you turn by turn directions. So what if the road's out? What if there's construction going on? What if there's an accident and your phone or your GPS says, oh, there's a faster way to avoid that accident? Is that the wrong decision? No. We have to realize, and this is where trust comes in. And this is also why people work with me because if we're not listening to ourselves, we're not attached to our body, we're, we're totally, dis- we're not trusting anything. So just being able to trust that you're going to get to my place one way or another, it gets you there, right? You're not every turn like, oh my God, is this the right way? Oh my God, is this the right way? No. Oh, oh. And you're freaking out every single step of the way. No, you're trusting, you're relaxed as much as somebody can be driving to a new location and you're going to get there. And you're like, oh, I've never been here. This is wonderful to be here. Okay. But what we're not doing in our life and we're not doing our career is trusting that we're always going to end up exactly where we need to be. And so no matter what decision we make, it's always going to be exactly what we need because we're going to get that lesson right then and there and redirect ourselves, or we're going to get that confirmation and we're going to go, oh yeah, this is great, but we'll always be redirected as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I made a big decision today. Some I was, um, I saw this big event uh, going on and I saw this wonderful lineup. Um, one of the speakers was Glennon Doyle, who I love and admire yeah. her work. And I said, I should be on that. I should be on that event. And I reached out and I said, I should be on that event. And they looked into me, they researched me. They said, yeah, let's set up a call. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, we would love to have you there. And I was like, look at I pitched myself and they want me to be there. And I'm thinking this is awesome. But something in me was like, "Ah." I'm like, what the heck? Like, logically, look at all the good things. And I thought, "Eh, well, there is limits to travel. And I was doing the pros and cons dance. And then I said, you know, I need to listen to my body. And I went to my, I went for a walk this morning and I stood in the backyard, which is this sprawling green field. Um, we have some corn growing at the moment. My husband grows giant pumpkins. It's beautiful. Oh, wow. <laughs> Tree-lined. I mean, it's beautiful. And it was one of those crisp mornings where the air was cool. So, I mean, I was in heaven. Just I just walked. My heart rate was up. My blood's pumping. And I stood there and I was just breathing and feeling into it. And I got some answers. And I turned around and I saw my husband doing some stuff. He's like, what are you doing over there? I so said, I'm just, I'm just meditating because I need to feel into this. And, you know, it's, it doesn't take very much time, but staying in indecision, it can kind of wreak havoc on your body and it can mm-hmm. add elevated stress, which then pumps cortisol into your system. And then your hormones are all out of whack and then that can cause other. So really at the end of the day, it's like, how about we take that long period of indecision and we just see if we can cut it a little bit. You'll do yourself a wonderful favor by doing that. Yeah, I agree. That's one, um, especially with new leaders, mm. I think being afraid to make the wrong decision is a big part of why they're, they don't make decisions. And, you know, one of the things that we suggest is like, 
taking like small decisions and practicing, like mm. kind of putting that muscle into play by something that doesn't have as much consequence in, in their in their mind yes. and uh, getting used to it. I don't yeah. know what your thoughts are on that. Oh, I love that because if, and I think that's also how intuition works as well. It's like, we think it's insignificant because we have to, you know, pack a pair of socks. You're like, why am I packing another pair of socks? But what's the big deal? Just pack another pair of socks. You've got to a nudge to do that. If you're making a small decision about something, I mean, we are making hundreds of decisions every day. And what can happen is we can have decision fatigue, mm. where we literally cannot make another decision. And because you are making micro decisions all day long, you know, whether you're opening up the email, whether you're responding, whether you're booking a meeting, whether you're showing up for the meeting, like, these are all most like you're making decisions all day long. And so I love making small decisions as part of like building that muscle. Um, I would say, I think part of one of my core values is also celebration. And so even if it seems insignificant, if you are now conscious that you're making these small decisions, celebrate yourself because it gives you a little dopamine hit. And then your brain goes, Ooh, I love making decisions. I get rewarded. <laughs> so oh, I love you, know, that. you just, I mean, if I can add a little sugar to it, like, okay, if I make this decision, then I'm going to get myself that expensive latte later. Ooh, okay. You know, I, I like to reward myself with not necessarily foods and drinks, but, um, but just even just the reward of like, way to go. You did that. And I want to celebrate and acknowledge myself for that decision. Nice. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I love that little, little celebrations. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I know we're getting kind of close to the time, but one, um, I have a few like, questions are are off topic, but I I do want to ask you, uh, you mentioned that you do a lot of um, work now that's with groups. And, you know, sometimes thousands of people, you mentioned meditation, what are some of the other things that you do, like you work with? Yeah, so primarily, I, uh, I have a membership for female entrepreneurs and leaders who uh, receive live energy healings once a month. Those are meditations and they receive um, that every single month. Um, I used to do mastermind groups where, you know, 20 or so people in a group for an extended amount of time. I've stopped doing that and I've focused solely on uh, the group program where I'm leading meditations and um, I've created a certification program. So Mm. the certification program has been my new little baby where I'm creating it with a group of people who are in it. I've hand selected them. And so they're doing clinical hours, practice hours, and um, they're earning a certification in the next six months. Um, So that's what I'm really focusing on. So it's really going to, I'm going to start making it available um, to other people. So other coaches, leaders, healers who can take what I've taught in just the first month and apply it to their business or mm. their career so that they can learn how to hold these containers, how to set these intentions. Like I kind of mentioned it a little bit more fluidly on the on this episode, but really to help to hold a container for themselves as well as how to make nice boundaries for themselves and their their clients. Um, so that's really what I've been focusing on. I also have a podcast, um, which I, I love and we're uh, three and a half, I guess, years in on that, oh, wow. which is, which is really great too. That is um, great. yeah, but I love it. I, I love to do, um, these group meditations. Um, 
And I do often, um, I, I used to do more launching to bring people in. I'm doing a launch in uh, September called Intuition Month, where I'm teaching five simple daily habits so people can start to tap into their intuition in 30 days or less. And I've probably mentioned most of them on this podcast of things that you can do every single day. Um, but I'm leading that in September. And, uh, and then another certification will be rolling out at the end of the year. Well, that's, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, so if you don't mind me asking uh, just a few general questions, we, we talked a little bit about daily routine, but uh, when you feel like you need confidence, is there, is there any music that you'll play or put on just to kind of give you that boost of energy? Yeah, I I mean, I love um, a good 80s dance list playlist, um, for sure. Um, there are some songs that I've also listened to, like um, Katy Perry's Firework song. I associate mm -hmm. that with one of my um, visions of uh, my higher self and like, you know, impacting millions of people. So every time I hear that song, which you can imagine, it's all the it's played all the time. Uh, maybe not as much this recently, but whenever I hear that song, it's like a trigger response for my brain that it's wired from that song to my big vision. So um, that's definitely a song. But any uh, any upbeat music really can get me going. Um, I also have a tiny trampoline, a little rebounder in my oh, house. Yeah. So sometimes I'll combine some like upbeat music and jumping on the trampoline a little bit. It's so great for lymphatic drainage. It's also great to boost your energy, but also it's, I think it's really helpful for that inner child in me who wants to play a little bit to get some of that energy out. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I know there are uh, a lot of like very high profile speakers that will keep a little trampoline off to the side. And before they go out on stage, they actually like We'll jump on the trampoline just to get that energy and the blood flowing to have like and they come out like high power energy when they come out on the stage it's oh yeah amazing yeah you you can't jump on a trampoline and stay in like a low vibration i don't think it's actually physically possible <laughs> <laughs> even if i'm in a bad mood i jump on the trampoline it's like this is kind of fun life is good um yeah, yeah it's a great it's a great mood enhancer for sure Nice. Thank you for that. Um, well, the, my last question for you is just, um, it, it, I don't know if you have time to read books or listen to podcasts that are not your own podcasts, but are there any that you can think about that stand out that you would recommend to our audience on what they should check out? Yeah. Uh, well, of course, I would recommend my own podcast, Aligned and Unstoppable, but uh, I read this great book recently. I do read a lot. I tend to do more audible books because of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Anita Morjani, Sensitive is the New Strong is a great one, um, especially talking about what we kind of talked about today is around boundaries, around being sensitive of like who's in your your space, how you take on energy, how you uh, make decisions, how you make boundaries of saying yes or no to people. Um, that's a really a great one. Um, I, I tend, I, I started listening to a podcast that might be a little bit out there for some people. It's the Lifestylist podcast uh, by um, Luke something or other. I can't think of what his name is now. Um, Luke Story, I think it is. Um, the Lifestylist podcast. He's got a ton of uh, really interesting experts in the different field of optimization Um you know, if you're looking to optimize your performance, your 
uh, food intake, your supplements, like your brain hacks, like all, he has a lot of really interesting um, guests. He even had an episode with somebody who was a, a doula and they were talking about the business of, mm. you know, birth. And it was, you know, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think I, I just heard that term from somebody recently, optimalism. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking at ways to optimize your, yeah. your life. Yeah. Yeah. And if people want to kind of go out there, um, the Fields of Consciousness podcast is another good one. Mm. Um, I do tend to listen to that one on like one and a half speed, though, because they talk so <laughs> slowly. Um, and, and you can listen to it on a faster speed and still gain so much wisdom. And I also find that um, the messaging that they share is so powerful and potent energetically. So, you know, if you're looking for a little bit more of that spiritual woo-woo, open up consciousness, that would be a, a good one. Great. And then I just wanted to um, give you the opportunity to talk about a little bit about your podcast. And I know we talked a lot about your business, but anything that you didn't cover here that you wanted to talk about and then, you know, where people can find you, how they can reach you. Thank you, Michelle. Well, I I want to say thank you to all the listeners who are still here listening to us. It means the world to me and your time is so valuable. So the fact that you're still here means a lot. And, um, you know, everything that I do for the most part can be found on my website, emilyarons.com. Um, like I've mentioned, I have the meditation membership, Mastering Ascension. I have a certification program. Um, and I do also have a ton of free resources. So, you know, you can learn through my Abundance Power Duo that's right on my website. Um, the podcast is called <clears throat> Aligned and Unstoppable. And that's really a down-to-earth approach to spirituality and business. Um, we have over 400 episodes. So I'm sure you'll find something that you like. Um but, and I also do in-person retreats once in a while. So I have one coming up in the end of October. So if you're wanting to, you know, de-stress, learn more about your intuition, trust in yourself, um, if any of the stuff that I've said today has resonated, um, that might be something that you want to look into. But I I would just love for people to connect with me. So um, I do hang out on Instagram a little bit more than other platforms. You can find me at Emily Aaron's on Instagram. And um, always, I love when people are listening to podcasts, whether I'm mine or I'm a guest on, and they screenshot it and then tag us. That's one of my favorite things to do so that I, I know that they are a listener and that's how they found me. So, um, and I think also just as a guest, one thing I love to say is, um, you know, Michelle creates these beautiful podcasts for you and one of the best gifts that you can give her is a review. So if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes she's done, leave a review on your iTunes and just tell people how much these episodes mean to you. It's one of the best ways that you can help, you know, support her and support um, being a podcaster. Wow. Thank you so much for that. I really, I appreciate that. And I just want to thank you for coming on today and being a guest and sharing so much with us. It's been so interesting. And, you know, we're, we're, we don't have three and a half years behind us. We're just starting out. So I really appreciate you kind of coming on and, and giving us a chance to, to have you and, and highlight you. Thank you. It's an honor. And, you know, it's a wonderful thing that you're doing to be able to share these episodes with people. So, uh, keep going. You're doing it awesome. Yeah. This is a wonderful <laughs> interview. So thank you for having me. Great. Well, thank you for being on. We'll uh, talk to you soon. That sounds great. Right. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye.
Hi everyone, this is Michelle again. Just one more thing before you take off. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash boss track or sign up for our free weekly newsletter. It's easy to sign up and easy to cancel. Every Monday, we send out a short exclusive newsletter of what we found during the week that we're excited about, we're inspired by, and we're watching and reading. If you'd like to check it out, just to go to thebosstrack.com forward slash newsletter. Just type that into your browser, thebosstrack.com forward slash newsletter. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.